All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, April 12th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, we are going to jump into it because we have a lot to talk about. And we have a special surprise for our listeners. Because yeah, we got a, little, a lot of big... You went on a well, little field trip. I did. We got a lot of big stories to cover. And I did some actual investigative reporting out in the field, working the contacts, and I got a story to report. So wow, let's blow through this top five, which people love. People love when we blow through this top five. When we blow, when we plow. Yep. Yep. So number one, two weeks in a row, Godzilla versus Kong, $13.8 million, down 57%. Now, total gross, $70 million. Yes. Number two. I'm going to let you keep going. Okay. I thought you were going to say something, but we got to blow through. Got to blow through. They love it. Number two, up from number three, which is good news. Nobody made $2.6 million, down only 12.5%. It is now at 15.6 in its third weekend. Number three, The Unholy made $2.4 million, down 24%, has made 6.7 in two weeks. Number four, Raya and the Last Dragon made 2.2 plus 8%. Now, it lost some theaters, lost about 90 theaters. It's in around 2,000 theaters at the moment, but it is at $35.3 million in its sixth weekend. Number five, Voyagers, a Lionsgate film, tanking at $1.3 million. And that's, we'll talk about that a little bit, but we, I think we had that, I think we had that around there, though, right? We we weren't really bullish on that. No, no, we we knew this was going to bomb. We yeah, were, so, we were dead right. So here we go. Let's 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 now that we ripped through it, let's talk about Godzilla. Mm-hmm. A fifty-seven percent fall, which Good Friday is usually big for movies. It didn't seem to be uh, any different this year. Although, of course, we're in pandemic times, so there is. A little bit of difference capacity-wise for people who are able to go see this movie. But 57% for a, a film that people seem to like and is a big tentpole movie, you would think there'd be people who would want to go see this in the second it's, weekend, but it doesn't seem to be that case. It seems to be very front-loaded. Yeah, though these giant blockbusters in normal times they do have these over 50% drops. Mm-hmm. You know, if Godzilla versus Kong opened in in non-pandemic times, it probably would have had a similar drop. I mean, the thing I think we're always sort of hoping for is you're going to get to that tipping point where enough people have been vaxxed and waxed and you start to reach box office immunity where so many people then become able to see movies on a weekend where they hadn't been before that you don't get any kind of drop for these movies. And I think we will see that eventually. We're not there yet. We're not at BO immunity Mm -hmm. where 
a movie opens up big and then next week has an absurdly low like 15% drop because so many people have been vaxxed waxed that the second weekend is almost as big as the first. We're not there yet. We're not at BO immunity. So I think 57%, it's high, but it's in line with what a giant blockbuster usually falls in its second weekend. Well, well, the reason why it's different and the reason why the expectation is it might not drop low lower is because you're getting the waves of people getting vaccinated. And right. then you're getting these capacities opening up. Not that it's happening right now, but uh, you're going to see hopefully 25% going to 50% capacity. So you're getting more people able to go. So it feels like there's going to be waves of viewers that are able to go that weren't able to go a week ago that were still in their 10 to 14 day window after their second shot who are then like, I'm going to go see this movie because now I feel safer. It's not happening like that. It seems like it is happening like the old way. And those things aren't really making a difference. The the other thing that people are mentioning, and I don't know how true this is. Okay. Is that- Say it anyway. I, I I know this to be true, is that the way a blockbuster becomes a mega blockbuster is repeat viewers. Mm-hmm. Going to the theater to see a movie again is the way movies become massive, right? Right. Titanic, right. Avatar, the the superhero movies, Avengers, movies like that. Right. My People big fat go, Greek wedding. Absolutely. People go mm-hmm. multiple times, maybe bring other people. With the Godzilla versus Kong day and date release on HBO Max, a lot of theories are mm-hmm. that people are going to see this in the theater once and then re-watching it at home. Yes. And that there is some, I do think that that is a credible theory. I do think that is a credible theory. Yeah, I think that's a credible theory. I mean, uh, there's a lot of theories out there in the world right now. I think this is probably one of the better ones. Um, Theories, theories have had a bad rap recently. I think the yes. past year, a theory... When people say I have a theory, it never ends well. Yes, yes. And it's a shame because then you do get a theory like this, this theory about how Godzilla versus Kong is getting rewatched on HBO Max instead of people going to see it a second time at theater. And that's a good theory, but it's being lumped in with all these other conspiracy theories that give just theories a bad rap. And it's a shame. It's a shame because I like this theory and I think this this is the type of theory that people should be tweeting, retweeting, memeing, getting out there on the message boards. This is what this is the type of theory that if 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 4chan and 8chan were were uh doing their job, this would be the top of their boards. This theory. But that's not the case unfortunately. I think I think what I need to do is when I state a theory, I have to say, I have a theory, no conspo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So th- so people know this isn't a conspiracy theory. I don't feel like anybody's conspiring in this. It's no, just no. a theory. It's a good old-fashioned theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this theory. I think that's true. I think that right now people are getting vaxxed and waxed. And they're going to the movies, seeing stuff they want to see, like Kong versus Godzilla. And 
they are still not ready, even if they are vax and wax, they're still not ready to go as often as they used to go. You know, you have the ideal moviegoer who in a pre-pandemic time may have gone to a movie theater three, four, five times a week. You know, seeing all the new releases, seeing last week's release again, that's the gold star moviegoer that Hollywood knows and loves and lionizes. That that person right now is probably still just going once a week. You know, and we need to get that moviegoer up to their five, six showings a week pace. And we're not there yet. Like I said, we're not at BO immunity yet. Well, they're going early, but not often. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, this was, like like most blockbusters, and I do think like these Godzilla and slash Kong movies, heavily mm-hmm. front-loaded, like I said, because just using personal experience, nothing would make me go to the theater to see this movie, no matter what anybody said. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a contingent of people like that, where even if this gets the best word of mouth, where they say, it's the best Godzilla movie you'll ever see. I would still say Godzilla sucks. Okay. Okay. But in 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 a pre-pandemic time, the person who told you that would have then gone to see this movie three more times. Yeah, and he instead, would Exactly. He would have seen it enough that I didn't need to see it. Right, right. Exactly. That the Kong Godzilla super fans would have seen it enough times that it made up for the Kong and Godzilla uh uh you know naysayers put their head in the sand people like you yeah and i respect kong listen i respect you, kong i said it last week i respect kong i, I this right. is not disrespect to kong he is still think, a movie star he, giant movie star and 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 i think this hold is fine and i think then we've also been seeing in these pandemic times is you're getting the big drop from week 1 to week 2 the bigger number is going to be what is the hold from 2 to 3 because sometimes you get the big drop from 1 to 2 and then you could keep small declines going forward as i think we'll see with our number 2 movie that we're going to talk about which I think has is as followed that model. Yeah, and there's nothing coming to the theaters wide until April 23rd. Really, that is gonna that, that is gonna threaten Kong, and it's right. Mortal Kombat, which is the same company, Warner Bros. So, right. so it's it's still gonna be money in Warner Bros. pocket. Yeah, yeah. I think this weekend, I mean, Kong Godzilla versus Kong is gonna have another weekend all to itself at number one. So let's look at number two, Nobody, the Bob Odenkirk actioner, opened number one a few weeks ago, then had a pretty precipitous drop in weekend two, and what we said last week, you could go to the episode, I don't know, listen, I don't know timestamps, so I can't tell you when we said it, so listen to the whole episode again. I mean, do some work, I mean, they have to do some work, the listener. Yeah, it's there, it's all there, the clues are all there. So what we said about Nobody last week was 
this would be the important weekend, the one that that just passed. It's it's third weekend. What we said was this needed to have a weekend over $2 million in order to stay on a good pace. It needed to have a small decline. If the gross for the weekend went under $2 million, then it's, it's, it's done. Mm-hmm. And it made $2.6 million. So nobody, only a drop of 12%, made $2.6 million, moved up from 3 to 2 This is a big weekend for nobody. This is a big weekend for Bob Odenkirk. It's so at fifteen point six million dollars, it is already outgrossed the marksman, which is at fifteen point two after thirteen weeks. So now we're out of that. Oh, he's at that level. And and no disrespect to Liam Neeson, but he's done a lot of these oldster action movies. It's he's a welcome presence, but he's not a new presence, and he's not going to have a breakout like Taken ever again. And unfortunately, with with Bob, this is not his taken because he would have. We wouldn't be at 15 right now. If it was a taken level hit. Right, right. right. But I do think, like you said, the hold is very good. That shows there is interest in seeing this movie. There are people who went to see Godzilla versus Kong first, and then they came back to the theater because they felt comfortable enough and they mm-hmm. went and saw Bob Odenkirk and nobody. And I think mm-hmm. this film's coming out this Friday on PVOD, the 16th. I am going to rent it that night and watch it that night. Okay. And okay. I, but this is a film that if I was able to, I would go to the theater to see, but since I can't, I'm going to use the shrunk shrunken window and hopefully these PVOD numbers are also going to help Bob continue to get big movies which i think they will i think this is going to be a huge hit on home video yeah i mean i wish i listen not that we want to ever be the streamo boys but i i do wish that these numbers were were readily available because i I would love to tack on the pvod numbers for this Mm -hmm. um i wonder so now that's the thing it had a, a really nice small decline this past weekend, but it's going to be available on PVOD on Friday. Does that cause then a huge drop in its box office? No, I, I don't think so, because I think it's cheaper to go to the theater to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think that we don't know. There's so much we don't know right now, but I, I just think that it's overstated this window shortening and this day and date, the real impact. I just think that theater goers and people who watch movies on PV- PVOD are not really the same people. And the people who watch movies on streaming are not really the same people. Mm-hmm. Because if we're talking about full on COVID gone, we're talking 2023 and we have a similar you know, shrunken window situation, some day and date stuff. If I really want to see a movie, like truly, truly want to see a movie, I will go to the theater first because I'm a theater goer. I'm a B.O. Mm-hmm. boy. And and I do think there's different people. There's Streamo boys. Right. And there's right. B.O. boys. And, and I don't think the twain shall meet all that much. I think that's the thing that we have to wrap our head around is there is a whole segment of people that the theater is not their first 
or second option when right, they think of right. watching a movie. Right. They're they're I mean, listen, they're gamers, they're uh TikTokers, they're people who the th- going to the theater, being a BO boy, being a BO girl, being a BO person people. Oh person. That's person. Person. Being a BO person to them is completely foreign. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all about I watch content on my phones. What is Godzilla versus Kong? What is nobody? Those are content on my phones. So for them, they were never going to go to the theater. And yeah, those camps are going to be more and more defined from this point forward. I hope they're able to get along. I hope that the BO person and the streamo person are able to coexist out there. You know, you don't want to see fights in the street. You don't want to see fights on the message boards. You want to flame see... wars. I think I believe they are called flame wars. You do not want to see flame wars. You want to see the bo boys and the streamo boys do their own thing going forward, absorb their content as a streamo boy would say, versus going to the theater and just do it on their own terms. But I think you're right. Those are very different people. I think I think we're seeing that now. It's not a choice for most people. It's it's in them. It's in their bones, whether they are a BO boy or a streamo boy. But I do think you can bounce back and forth. I do think there are okay. certain movies that I would stream first. Right. Instead of watching at a theater. It, well, Godzilla vs. Kong is an example of a movie that I wouldn't do either for, mm-hmm. honestly. Because mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to to watch this film on HBO Max, and I chose not to because right, I have right. zero interest. Right. So then you would say in some ways it's all fluid. It's fluid, yes. I do think there's fluidity to it. To, yeah. Okay. I mean... But um, it's also a spectrum where there are people on each end. Right, right, right. And then there are definitely who people who are the on middle. the... Yeah, for who are fully on the streamo end of the spectrum. Some are on the BO end of the spectrum. But then there's a lot of fluidity where people are just flowing back and forth, mm-hmm. depending on the the release. Yeah, depending on the release. Absolutely. Yeah. How the release looks to them. Right. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, because I think with Nobody, if it keeps at a pace now of making one and a half to two million a week for the next three, four weeks... You know, then it's a movie that's getting past 20 million. Right now it's at 15.6. I think we said early on that nobody was really going to want to hit 30. I Mm. don't know if that possibility is here at this point. You know, could it keep tacking on weekends of one, two million to get there? I mean, it, it should get over 20 and has an outside shot at 25. But when it's, you know, if we're talking about that five time multiplier, that these other action films similar to it have gotten, mm-hmm. I think we can get there. I think we can get there. It'll be interesting. It's it's going to be a situation where it's going to have to hold steady with very small declines and keep racking up 1.5s every week, 1.5, 1.5 every week for like the next, you know, maybe two months. But we'll see. It has a chance. I, I so so let's go to three real fast because fast. the unholy 
surprisingly held pretty tight too. I we thought this was going to drop out of the top five, and mm-hmm. it's two point four. Yeah, only down twenty four percent. This is a horror film, a a Easter horror film that the weekend after Easter people still went to see. And I think what that is is there's just a lack of horror at right. the box office when. You know, the horror fiends, the sickos, were getting a lot of horror yes. dropped in their laps during the pandemic. Yes. And I think it's it's a, it, it became, after things opened up a little bit, a starved fan base. Right. And they were subsisting on Monster Hunter, which is not really a horror movie, just has monster in the title. Mm-hmm. It's more of a gamer movie. So... I do think that this is just people pent up wanting to go get horrified around other people. Yeah. And, and they this had... says nothing about the quality of this film, which I've heard. I mean, reviews are bad, but critics don't know horror. They don't like horror. Right. But I mean, I think with these movies, I haven't really heard any kind of like passionate fan, you know, uh, defense of the unholy. Mm-hmm. I think it probably is pretty middling at best. But yeah, you're right. It's like the horror fans, they had that 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 great summer where they had all the IFC films, you know, IFC Midnight, low-budget horror movies were at the top of the box office all summer. And as real movies come out, yeah, they become the second-class citizens again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but just to stay in the top 10 really quickly, just to show that there is some... Obviously, there is life in the box office. We've been talking about it. But when you look at Tom and Jerry at number six, dropped only 22%. Mm -hmm. Number seven, The Girl Who Believes, which is a religious film, which did pretty well in limited release on Easter weekend, Mm -hmm. actually went up 3% and added 260 theaters. So now it's in 900 theaters. This kind of film does very well with its base. They'll come out. They'll go after mm-hmm. church. Uh, this is, I mean, this is by no means Bafa Bobo, but still showing strength. Number eight, The Courier, dropped only 2%. And mm-hmm. then Chaos Walking dropped 26%, but that's not that bad. And then The Crude's at number nine, plus 9%. This is a film that's been out for 20 weeks. And has been on... A- has been on PVOD since since what early December? Yeah, and this is a film that had an increase. It's still in one thousand one hundred and thirty nine theaters. Amazing, amazing these crudes. Amazing fifty six point seven million dollars. You know, we, I know we can't use because Kong is the new benchmark. We can't use the tenant benchmark but i think well i think we still clap for crudes if it passes tenant because it's it's just let the crudes get in on the fun of beating that dead horse you know they've earned the right to get a few licks in on the dead horse that is christopher nolan so when they pass them let's clap i think so too i think it will with these kind of numbers all right so that's our top five slash top ten now pat we got some moves. We got some moves. Yeah, so we'll, let's do the moves before we get to my big, uh, you know, investigative reporting. Okay, so do you want to go over these moves? Because these, th- there's some moves that, that hurt you personally, physically, well, it seems. I'm, I think that, I mean, the big move is that Paramount is shifting around 
a bunch of their big movies and specifically two big Tom Cruise movies. So Top Gun Maverick was supposed to come out in July of this year, and it has now been pushed all the way back to November 19th. And Mission Impossible 7, yep. the new Mission Impossible, was supposed to come out in November. That got pushed back to Memorial Day weekend of next year. So May 2022. And then to make up for that, Paramount moved the new G.I. Joe movie Snake Eyes up from the fall into July. So those are the big ones. I mean, there's some other stuff that moved around, like Forever Purge now is going to 4th of July weekend because of the move of Top Gun Maverick. Um, I mean, there's some other Tiki Tac stuff. You're going to, well, we'll, after this, we'll talk about, you're going to guide us through the journey of Peter Rabbit. Um, Mm -hmm. But let's just focus on these Paramount moves, the Tom Cruise moves, you know, again, big takeaways. They're moving stuff further out. Top Gun Maverick moves from July to November. Mission Impossible moves to next May. Um, But but I, yeah, those moves are international plays. Yeah, that's that seems to be the case. It's not so much that they're worried that these movies aren't going to be able to do well domestically. Because, I mean, you do figure that movies that are coming out in June and then especially July, domestically, United States and Canada, those are going to have pretty well vaxxed and waxed populations. You know, we should have bio immunity by then. It looks like, but I guess what they're worried about is that other countries are not vaccinated and waxing as fast as the U S. So they are worried that these Tom Cruise movies, which do need to make a lot of overseas money to be successful. They're worried that there won't be enough vax and wax people worldwide come July. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I get it. I get it. We get it, but I want to see big movies all over the summer movie schedule. So when you take away a Top Gun Maverick, you tease me with it and you move it to November. I get it, but I don't want it. I mean, the thing is, I want it. I want Top Gun Maverick in July. I want it this summer, but I get it. Yeah, I, I, I think I just want to get greedy, it now, Pat. I mean, when you look at the release schedule, there is plenty of big films. There are, but it's I want just nonstop wall to wall bo this summer. You're a bo boy. You're not a streamo boy. Yeah, but I do. You're also, on my side of the spectrum. I also realize that if these things are on top of each other, they're not going to give the, each other enough breathing room. You got to have breathing room. That's part of it. When you mm. when you release tent poles. It's not worth it to put a bunch of tent poles right next to each other. You got to spread them out to keep the tent up, huh? But you know what? You have more poles, and that way if a pole falls, the tent stays up. There's too many poles. If there's too many poles, you can't maneuver inside the tent. You're Where running you into poles everywhere. You turn around, there's a pole. You, you go backwards, there's a pole. You knock what? over the tent that way. Tents are just for sleeping. You're not supposed to be... Uh, 
you know, doing gymnastics inside of a tent. You shouldn't no, tents be knocking are for partying. these poles over. Big tents. You party in a big tent. You do right. circuses in a big tent. You're thinking small okay. beans, baby. This ain't a sleep out tent. This is a this is a Barnum and Bailey tent. Sans right, the, right. The animals because you can't do it anymore. Right. Okay. I don't know you're shooting I mean, clowns I, out of a I, cannon. I don't know what happens at circuses now. Yeah, I I didn't think of the clowns moving around in this tent, but you got to give the clowns some room. You're right. Um. It's, yeah, I get, again, I get it. I just want to get it now, but I get it. Um, Is there anything, you know, I mean, the thing about these Paramount movies is that I would say every movie is a bigger deal to Paramount than they are to other studios because Paramount just does not have the IP that Warner Brothers has. You know, they got Disney, they got DC, they got Harry Potter, they got Kong. Obviously, Disney has Marvel and Star Wars and Pixar and blah, blah, blah. Well, well, just to give you an example. Paramount just has Tom Cruise. They only have Tom Cruise because the Paramount, Paramount Plus... We all saw the superhero. Oh, I mean, sorry. We all saw the Super Bowl commercials. Mm-hmm. And with all their IPs climbing a mountain. And they oh had a crank God. yanker puppet. Yep. If they had any other options, if they had any other IPs, the old man crank yanker puppet, I forget his name. I do. I, no, I don't forget his name. I never knew his name. It wasn't even that puppet. It. It wasn't even that crank anchor puppet. It was one of the crank anchor puppets that isn't voiced by Kimmel or Corolla or any of the famous people. It was a possibly never before on the show crank anchors puppet that they use in that Paramount. No, he's an old guy. I, I saw commercials with him. He's an old guy. I, 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 okay. do, you're, I do think so you're was correct. A real the one. man show, none of the man show personnel did the voice for him, though. Okay. But he was, he was, okay, it was, a, it was one of the main Crank Yeager puppets. I, I apologize. But still, that is some, that is some piss poor IP. So th- that's what we're working with here with Paramount. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. They need, they need box office. They need box office more than, like you said, some of the, these other companies do. Right. And you got a guy like Tom Cruise who is, you know, King Kong level movie star, top of the top of the food chain. He's uh, he's as big as it gets. And when you look at it in context of two Paramount, he is uh, as as big as possible. He's he's their whole he's their biggest brand. Mm-hmm. So Tom Cruise, you know, I'm going to guess looked at the landscape and probably made this call himself because he is going to have all of his projects in the optimal place to succeed. And he must've looked at the landscape and said, you know, not everyone worldwide is going to be vax and wax by July. I'm Tom Cruise. People love me all over the world. They love me, you know, in, in all these countries that aren't going to be vax and wax until November. So let's push it until November. Yeah. He did it for the people. As always. Right. 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 All right. So, I mean, I, I I get it. Again, I get it. I get it. Um, And then Paramount, again, to show 
the state of their IP, the way that they make that up to the theater goers is they bring this G.I. Joe sequel into July. The Snake Eyes, Henry Golding starring film. So no, no The Rock in this one and no Channing Tatum in this one. Yeah, I I don't know enough about Snake Eyes. I don't know if it's a soft continuation. It yeah, feels I, like everybody has been replaced in the cast because we also have, gosh, I wish I could remember, uh, Samara Umbra- Weaving as Scarlet. So it stars Henry Golding uh, and Samara Weaving, Andrew Kojai. Uh, I will say, yeah, these are none of these stars from either of those first two G.I. Joe movies that were done in the last, I guess, like 10, 15 years. There's no Bruce Willis. There's no Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There's no Dwayne The Rock Johnson. There's no Channing Tatum. They're, they're, I, I, I'm going to imagine this G.I. Joe Snake Eyes movie will, you know, they'll do the thing where they pass by like the Hall of Fame of G.I. Joe and you'll see pictures of them on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, when you'll you'll hear mention of a mission thereon, or perhaps that you know they'll pull a Will Smith in uh, Independence Day Resurrection and say, "Oh, Bruce Willis, uh, he died in a in a test flight off screen." They'll do something yeah. like that, or um, or it's just a soft reboot. I mean that that's the thing. It could be a right. soft reboot. And, could be a soft and reboot with Easter eggs and things like that. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But I. I it's a it's not a it's not a great replacement for Top Gun Maverick leaving the summer, but like you said, there's a lot of big movies coming out this summer, so mm-hmm. it's fine. Um real quick, and I don't know if this could be done real quick, but could you take us on the journey of Peter Rabbit and where Peter Rabbit has been hopping and where he has landed as of now? Okay, so the part of the reason why I think you feel bad when these movies get pushed back is because we have a lot of movies in the pipeline that have been clogging up the pipeline for a very long time. Yes. And they just need to get released. Yes. And Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, mm-hmm. has been running away all over the release ma- the release calendar since its initial attempted release in February... Uh, on February 7th, 2020. Jesus. That was where it was initially supposed to be released. So that has definitely come and gone. It was then moved back to April 3rd, 2020. And then, which would have been around, that would have been like an Easter release, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then delayed again to August 7th, 2020. And that's due to COVID. Then it was delayed to January 15th, 2021. Okay. Then moved to April 2nd, 2021. Which, again, great. Back to the Easter release. That's perfect. That makes so much sense. But it didn't happen. Apparently there were not enough people that they thought would go see Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, on Easter weekend. So it was moved again to June 11th. Okay. A summer release for Peter Rabbit 2, The oh Runaway. Oh, my God. 
then moved up to May 14th. Okay, so that has to be where it stayed. No, no, no. Then it was moved back to July 2nd. And so, it, it was moved to July 2nd. Where it is forever. Where No, you would think that. But then it was moved back up once more to June 18th. Okay. And that is it, right? So it went from June 11th, then it went to May 14th, then it went to July 2nd, and then it got back to June 18th. So it moved seven days in three moves, if that's possible. Jesus. I mean, this movie is literally a rabid animal on the loose. That people cannot predict where it's going, predict what it's going to do, no one has any control over it, and everyone should be scared. Yeah, I, I think this movie just needs to be released onto the world so that we can, f- so we can just see it and forget it. Yes. I mean, the, I mean, listen, that, that Peter Rabbit, that first movie, I know it was successful. I don't have the number in front of me here. I'll look this up. But they... I am shocked that they are spending this much brain energy at a studio thinking about the perfect release date for Peter Rabbit 2. It did make $350 million worldwide. Let's see what it made domestically. Probably over 100 Oh, yeah. You know what? 115 Yeah. I mean, it was a big hit. It was a big hit. So, I mean, they... I guess they're they're expecting it to make another hundred million domestic, like that is the hope. But at some point, the and I uh, I would imagine that's happened already. The changing release schedule becomes the narrative of this film, and whatever merits this film has, whatever uh, voice performances it has, whatever faithful adaptation it, it has to the original books. That isn't going to be what's talked about. The only thing people are going to talk about is how many release dates this movie has had. Mm-hmm. And that's not how you hook the kids. You know, the kids are going to get bored, you know, when they start reading about all these release date changes. Their eyes are going to glaze over. Obviously, they'd love it when we talk about it because we say in a fun, interesting way that captures the imagination. But when these kids are reading up on Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, and they're like, all right, let me see if this is for me, whether I should, you know, have Mama and Dad at, take me to the theater. And they start reading, and the 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 opening line starts talking release date moves. Those kids, they're going, they're going right back to their gaming system. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go see this movie. So well, you, the problem, that's the danger. The problem with these films, too, is... When they get moved around a lot, and then sometimes, like this film, they get released in in foreign countries mm-hmm. earlier. So this movie got released March twenty fifth in Australia. Did so, it? So this film is being bootlegged. It it already got bootlegged. There's cam shots of it. There's the, this thing is everywhere now. So that's the problem is that if you're going to release it in any market early, 
you're going to have an issue with bootleggers because that's the same thing with Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat just uh, was released in a few markets. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's going to it's going to be on the street before it even goes to HBO Max. So people are going to be watching cam videos of Mortal Kombat now wow. people can watch cam videos of Mortal Kombat right now. You go down to uh you, you know, you go down to the Lower East Side of New York, there there's there's Mortal Kombat DVDs all over blankets down there. Wow. And I bet you Mortal Kombat, this new Mortal Kombat movie, the cam videos are probably Easter eggs in a bunch of gaming systems. You know, I bet you there's a lot of gamers out there, they're playing you know, World of Warcraft or whatever big game is out, Halo, you know, if there's a new Halo game. And if you blow up the right dragon or Martian or box or whatever, it'll open up the the full uh, cam rip of the new Mortal Kombat movie. And you just yeah. watch it inside of your game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if that is as much of a problem for a kids movie for you know peter rabbit how big the you know the the torrents are of that bootleg but you know that's what kids do kids are in the dark web they're downloading stuff left and right so you've probably got a big contingent of kids who would have went to see peter rabbit to the runaway in theaters if it was just released already but instead they're going to download it they're going to torrent it and they're going to watch it on their phone. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the problem when you move these things around mm-hmm. so much. I mean, that's why the HBO Max thing is day and date because right. the assumption is you're going to go see it and nobody's going to rip it early because it's the same time. It's released at the right. same time. Right. So anyway, uh, we're 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 going to stay on this Peter Rabbit's voyage because it could move who knows i mean there's that's the thing with these that's why it it also stinks is because i don't trust this june date i don't why why why, give me a reason to trust this june date give me one reason there's no way you could tell me this is the last move this is definitive no it's peter rabbit to the runaways a wild animal and it's 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 like trying to domesticate a wild animal you know, and you have a friend who's like, oh, I, I grabbed this fox from the woods. I domesticated. So don't worry. It's not going to bite you. And what does it do? As soon as you walk into the party, the fox bites you because mm-hmm. it's a fox. And it's what it does. It, Peter Rabbit 2, the runaway, is a wild runs animal away. and it runs away. That's what it does. And the studio was trying to tell us, no, no, no. It's going to stay. Don't worry. It's not going to run away. It's a wild animal. It's a rabbit. It's a runaway. That release date is going to change again. It's a scorpion in the toad, bro. Yep. Yep. Why'd you sting me? I'm a fucking scorpion, bro. Yep. Wiki it sometime. We'll we'll try and follow the story. So, Clayton, I think we got to get to my big news of the week. Oh, absolutely. So, my big news of the week is... As of this past Friday, I was fully vaccinated waxed two weeks since my last shot. Mm-hmm. And on that day, I went out and I went for the first time 
in over a year since I think Emma might have been the last movie I saw in theaters. I believe so. Emma. Right. Emma. I think I saw that after we all saw Invisible Man. So since March 2020, for the first time, I saw a movie in a movie theater. And and that had been obviously the longest time since you'd seen a movie in the theater. You'd never gone over a year. I've never gone that long. My first movie was when I was three years old. My parents took me to see Gremlins Mm -hmm. in the movie theater. And since that point, I can't imagine. Maybe those first few years, there would be months in between going. You know, because not your of choice. Course, not your choice. Not my choice. I you was. You didn't have agency I was, back then, so that doesn't right. really count. Right. So when I was, th- but even then, I don't think my parents would have waited more than maybe four or five months in between taking me to see a movie in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. So from the time I was three, this past year, this thirteen months that I have not been in a movie theater is definitely my longest stretch. Well, just real um, quick, out of curiosity, what was your sister's first movie that she, your parents took her to? Um, We've always tried to figure this out, and I think we may have landed on Masters of the Universe. Okay. Tagging along, but we're not sure. But it was obviously something I wanted to see. Okay. Um, So this past Friday, I saw Godzilla versus Kong at a movie theater in Brooklyn. Uh, I went, you know what, let people try and, if you see me in the street, you can wave hello. Yeah. Uh, it was at the Nighthawk Theater in Park Slope. And so not a, not a big chain, not an AMC or Regal. I still have to get to one of those real soon, but I went to the Nighthawk. So shout out to the Nighthawk doing a great job. It's actually a a pretty new theater. It just opened in the last few years, replaced what had been a really bad uh, uh, rundown movie theater in that same spot. Yeah. That I remember the last time I went to that theater, basically 70% of the chairs were roped off because they were broken. And this was so pre-COVID, this, so this wasn't distancing, this wasn't capacity issue, this was a no, broken chair issue. It was broken chairs, yes. they that, that theater was basically doing limited COVID seating in 2014. Mm-hmm. So they were ahead of the curve. But that's an old theater. The Nighthawk took it over. New theater. Great venue. My first time actually being in this location since it became a Nighthawk. And they did a temperature, temperature check. When I walked in, I was very confused because it wasn't like a person holding a thing. It was like a thing on a wall. And um, you walked up the, to the wall like it was Blair, the ending of Blair Witch and you just had to stand against a wall. You, I mean, right off the bat, that's a that's actually great. See, that's the type of thing that would make the uh, uh post-pandemic weird experience fun make it experiential you're in the ending of blair witch yes put your just lean forward put your head up against the wall that's how we do the temperature check and you do the background that that wall is like the the wall in blair witch it's a exact replica yes okay that's great i'm gonna see i'm gonna send this episode 
to the Nighthawk. Tell them, get listening, because we got some million-dollar changes for you. Million dollars in terms of how much you're going to make. It's not going to cost you a million dollars to uh, enact this mm-hmm. player wish wall. Um, but no, it was on the wall. And I will say, so when I walked up to it, I didn't know that what you were supposed to do is like put your wrist on it to get your temperature. I didn't know what this thing was. It was the 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 kid behind the uh, um, concessions booth was pointing at it. Did you and lick I it? Was like, Did you lick it first? Well, at first I looked at it and I was like, what? I, I thought that was how I print out my ticket on my phone. Okay. He was pointing at this red light thing that was hanging from the wall. And so my thought was, okay, do I put my confirmation email under here to print out a ticket? Why does he want me to print a ticket? I thought we were trying to avoid paper. And then someone uh, came in very confidently took their wrist, put it under the red light. The temperature came up and he kept going. Wow. So then I understood. Not his. So I was like, that's a guy who has been going to this theater since it reopened. He is, he's, he's already been to his first pandemic movie. And it's, I'm like, hopefully he's vaxxed and wax. Maybe he got it before me. Maybe hopefully that's a healthcare worker you know, who's been vaccinated wax since January and just going to the movie since then. Um, but it is someone who's like, okay, he's already in the swing of things. This guy knows that that is not how you print your ticket. That's how you get your temperature taken. Mm-hmm. So that happened. I got my temperature taken. My temperature was amazing. It was exactly what you want out of a temperature. So I kept going. And, um, you know, I didn't get any concessions. And Nighthawk is one of those theaters that's like Alamo Draft House where there's waiter service. You put up a card. You could get a cheeseburger. You could get a, you know, pasta dinner, whatever you want. And I, I didn't want to get a pasta dinner. No. Uh, so I went to my seat, didn't get any concessions. Well, well, question. Sorry. Yes. I have questions. Go for it. Ask me anything. AMA. Were were pasta dinners available? Were they doing full dinner service or no? They were. They, they were. were. Well, they were doing food service. I didn't even. Lo- I'll be honest. I didn't look at the menu. See, this is the, you got to do that. That's that's I, part of the research. Next time yeah. you go, you got to do these things. Well, they had. They it looked like they had the. They had a floor where there's a bar. They had that open, and there was. I'm trying to think there was someone I saw there eating like French fries. So there was real food. They were okay. making real food. I don't know if there was full pasta dinner available, mm-hmm. but it seemed like they were open for business. I mean, listen, Nighthawk, that is where they're making their money. You know, is the they're making their they're making their money on the food, on the pasta dinner. That's what so, everybody is, though. That, that I mean, that's concessions. It's just a higher end concession. Right, right. Whereas, you know. We think it's a ripoff when they charge you fourteen dollars for popcorn. You know these these uh, uh, dinner movie theaters. They're charging you forty dollars for pasta. Yeah, and they're really and clam sauce. Money. Right. So I didn't get any food. Kept my mask on. I went in the theater. It was pretty empty. I went to a four o'clock showing. Skipped out of work early put up the gone fishing sign, went to the theater. So I did catch a pretty early showing. What time? I would say there were 
maybe 15 people in the theater. Okay. You know, and what, this is their the biggest auditorium. Oh, that that would have been I I would say this was probably at less than 10% capacity of the room. It was very well spread out. I was not near anybody. Well, but I mean, in, in, how many people could you fit in this room? Is this are we talking 100? Yeah, I would say it had to be over 100. Yeah, cuz okay. there were I mean, every one of those rows was probably 20 or so long and there were more than, yeah, this is a, a, a movie theater that would, I would say, have a couple of hundred people in there. Wow. 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 Um, so it was not, not that full. Everyone was far apart. Um, you know, and it's online, you pick your seating ahead of time. So I made sure to pick seats that were not near anybody. And there were X's Xing out seats you could not purchase, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So it was all it was all very intuitive. You know, it wasn't like the temperature check on the wall, which is, I think, a little tougher to figure out. Mm-hmm. The ticket purchasing was intuitive, and I gotta say, going into this, I was a little unsure of how I would take to it. You know, because I I've you know, played it safe all year. Really, you know, I didn't chance it and didn't know indoor dining. I didn't go to a sweet 16 inside of a catering hall, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And you were invited to a lot of them, though. You were invited to, to a lot, lot of, of, of unhappy 16 year olds. Yes. Yes. Quetzaneras you didn't show up to. There's a lot of I disappointed I teens. I couldn't do it. Because of the pandemic, I couldn't go to these sweet six scenes. And so this was a big deal. And I got to say, Clayton, it's riding a bike. It's riding a bike. riding a bike? I hopped back on. And those, uh, that opening, you know, that opening credit started. And you started seeing production companies come up. Saw Legendary. Mm-hmm. Which it was so nice to be welcomed back to the theaters by legendary, of course, made famous by Timothy Chalamet wearing the legendary hoodie on a live, can't stress this enough, live national broadcast of Saturday Night Live. So it was great seeing legendary as the first production company welcoming back, welcoming me back into the theater. And, and truly, that screenshot should be their new logo. Mm hmm. Him mm-hmm. waving at the end of SNL with partial credits going up. Yep. That should just be screen grab. Screen yep. grab that. That's your logo now. So, yeah, it was it it was like riding a bike. And I, I, I did a great job of watching this movie. Felt like old times. And it's one of those things of, again, we're not critics anyway, but I couldn't tell you whether Godzilla versus Kong is good or it's bad. I, I loved it because it was in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was just great. It was great to go back to the theater. And the first thing that I'm seeing is a movie starring a real movie star, seeing King Kong mm-hmm. up on the big screen. That was important. Now, was there any moments you were uncomfortable? I really got to say I wasn't. Again, I was not anywhere near anybody. And again, I was already vaxxed and waxed. So I wasn't too worried. I, I'm I'm trusting the experts. And they tell you if you're vaxxed and waxed, you know, 
you're you're going to be okay. So I I went in there with that thought. I got to think that. Okay. You know, and um, I I I ju- I just loved it. I will say, movie ends, and you know, not to give away any. Uh, uh, no spoilers really, but I mean, listen, we know King Kong is, is living on King Kong's going to star in a lot of movies. So when I say this, it's not a spoiler when at the end of the movie, there's a point where King Kong says through sign language, he doesn't actually, there's no voice over acting, but through sign language, King Kong says, I'm home. And that really got me when I saw King Kong say, I'm home. And then for I looked around, and the first time in a year, I'm sitting in a movie theater. I looked at Kong on that giant screen, and I was like, me too, Kong. Me too. You and me both. We're home. Now, did they make a big showing of cleaning? Yes, they did. Go into detail on this. How they, big was the show? Was the show distracting from the film? Well, it was, it was afterwards. It was afterwards. It was not during. Did you they wait did not and cl- did you wait and watch them? I watched some of the cleaning. Um, because I did need to sort of compose myself after the end of the movie that, you know, it really hit me at the end that this is the first time back. Mm-hmm. And as I was sitting there, they came right out and it was a mix of, you know, people who I hadn't seen before in terms of theater workers. And some people who I think were also waiters during the movie, you know, and so it's hard to tell because everyone's got masks on, which is great, but that makes it hard to tell if, if, you know, you've seen this person before or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And they put on a great show of cleaning. They were spritzing. I did see some bottles. Um, I saw some uh, rags that did not look dirty. Okay. You know, so they, they, I think... They're either switching out the rags, which is ideal. You want to switch those rags out in between cleanings. Or they're doing a great job of putting on such a show of cleaning that they're not actually touching the rags to the surfaces and therefore they're not dirtying the rags. They're getting just so close enough that your naked eye can't see. Right, right. And I I, I didn't move, you know, because right now you, people don't want other people to move towards them. So I didn't go towards the workers and really examine whether their cloths were hitting the surfaces of these tables and seats. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell from where I was sitting. It looked like they were. It looked like they were They were getting those seats. You yeah. know, I, I don't know if it was anything beyond water in the spritz bottles. I, I don't know if there were say, chemicals. and Smell test. Did you smell cleaning agents? I not in an overwhelming way. Okay. So there's a chance it was water because it it was not, you know, for the for the amount of people who had bottles, it was not a situation where I was overcome with, you know, lemon or chemicals or or other smell agents. Okay. So so you don't know if you don't know if they were actually using chemical cleaning agents or the rags were making purchase on the top of the tables and chairs i don't know for sure the other thing i will say is nighthawk is an independent theater i think caters a little bit more to a coastal you know younger crowd 
I would bet that their cleaning materials are going to be more eco-friendly, possibly have less chemicals in them, be more organic. So the smells of their cleaning agents may actually not be water, but also still not have as great of a smell as if, you know, I'm sure your AMC and your Regals, they're using bleach. They're using, you know, industrial level industrial cleaners, you know, that, that have that, that chemical smell. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bet Nighthawk is, if they're not using water, they're using cleaning materials that are more organic and probably don't have that chemical smell. Wow. So I could, you know, we could talk about the cleaning show for ages. Yes, we could. We have, unfortunately, we have a hard out, which is fine because we're at an hour. Yeah. But emotionally, you are back. Are you going back to the theater anytime soon? Do you do you have a second movie I'm lined going, up? I am going this Friday to see Nobody. That is amazing. And you know what you get? Now, you got to have I'm the seeing eagle it, eye. I'm seeing it in a Regal or AMC. Wow. So I will have a full report on, for the first time... I'm going to give you a full report on what's going on in the two, one of the two giant theater chains. That's huge. And you've got to do the smell test. I, I know yes. don't get close to people. Don't make them uncomfortable. We, we need to, I need to know what that, if that's, that is cleaning agents are real. I need to know if rags are making purchase on, on surfaces. I, I need to know these things. The, yeah. Not just me. No, everyone needs does. to know. The one of yeah. boys, the one of girls. The one of B.O. people. People. Yes. So, Pat, we got to go. We got to go. So We got to go. Email us at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Have you been to a movie theater recently? And have you smelled the cleaning agents? Mm -hmm. Describe it. Yeah. Describe the smells. So let us know that at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Clayton, we did it. And then until next time, we'll We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it. Nailed it.